talking about rightly honoring the Holy Spirit in our midst. That phrase has just been in my mind the past three weeks, rightly honoring the Holy Spirit in our midst. And I've been thinking about how can I do that and what does that mean? And Holy Spirit, what do you want to say and what do you want to do? If I'm going to honor you, I have to pause. I have to stop. I have to shut down for a moment and put my attention on him. Holy Spirit, I want to honor you. And we corporately want to honor you. And when we do that, I believe he starts revealing things and speaking things to us. And so I believe he has spoken to me for us today. So we're just going to go for it. If you have been a um, charismatic Christian, one who believes in the Holy Spirit, that he speaks and he moves and uh, the gifts are still alive today, then you would probably know that the charismatic movement um, is one of the largest growing denominations, if you would call it, uh, in the Christian world. The Holy Spirit is moving and he's revealing that he is actually here like with us, right? Not just in America, but over in other continents, the Holy Spirit is moving in power. And so the charismatic Christian is just, to me, it's just not a denomination. Like, I believe the Bible because the Holy Spirit has helped me to believe the Bible. Right? This is just not my doctrine. It's his doctrine that's helped me. And so this movement of the Holy Spirit across the world has been amazing. It's been powerful. And I want to talk about what I feel like is one of probably the most important things about the Holy Spirit. And that is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, you probably have a thought in your mind about the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but I'm assuming after I'm done today, you might think a little bit differently about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to go straight Bible, so I'm not getting goofy or weird on anyone. But this is something that we see and we hear about, whether it's on YouTube or at a church or whatever. We, we see the anointing, right? We, we hear phrases, I'm under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And at times I kind of wonder, like, well, what exactly does that mean? It almost can seem like when you're under the anointing, you can kind of do whatever you want. And kind of get away with it. If you've anyone seen or experienced that maybe at some level. But I want to give us a quick demonstration here. And then we're going to visit again here later on in our discussion. Give me Joe. Joe's always an example. Come on up here, Joe. Um, I don't know. Just need Joe. Um, and where is that? Give me Matt. I was looking at Matt earlier. Matt, come on over here. Okay, so here's my example. We have Joe here, Brother Joe. Okay, Joe, this man is highly gifted with spiritual gifts, right? He has a prophetic gift where he can literally, like, tell you your, your address. He can tell you your social security number. Like, like it's a real, like, he, he can really, like, see into your life, Right? He has a pretty large following. Um, brother, brother is anointed. Right? He's anointed, right? Super gifted. But over the years, we've 
heard Joe say some things. But hear me out. Wait, though, wait. Brother is anointed. Did you not hear me? Okay. We've heard him say things like, we don't sin, we just make mistakes. He has said things like, you know, you can't really do anything that will displease the Lord, right? But like, really gifted, though, gifts of the Spirit. Um, he's, he's made a statement one time, um, this is a little out there, but he said, if you sow into his ministry, like, God will make you a millionaire. Like, he will, the Lord will really, he'll, the Lord is going to bring great increase into your life. Yeah, it might be worth a try. I mean, if you're struggling, I mean, but he's anointed, right? Um, Does a lot of teachings on supernatural things, but he doesn't really teach a whole lot on righteousness, the centrality of Christ, the word, things like that. But we love Joe. Can we give it up for Joe? Just love Joe. And here we have Matt, good old Matt, okay? Matt's anointed, but you don't see a lot of the gifts operating in his life. Maybe you see the gift of mercy displayed in relationships. It's a spiritual gift, gift of mercy. You see that in his life. Um, Doesn't have a large following. Um, He's known for encouraging you and telling you to Go home and love your family, love your children, right? He does a good job of doing that himself, and he tells you to do it as well. Um, there's that verse, I love it, you love it, First Thessalonians 4, where he says, hey, just mind your own business, work with your own hands, lead a quiet life, right? He's, he instructs you to do that, um, and, you know, he's great at hospitality. He has people over at his house, he just loves people well, and um, that's Matt, Right? That's Matt. Can we give it up for, for Matt? Let's give it up for Matt. Okay, you guys can be seated. That's all I want to say about that example thus far. <clears throat> you can probably start, you can probably feel maybe where I'm going just a little bit. The anointing. Go to 1 John chapter 2. First John chapter 2, verse 18, John says, little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. The word anointing right there. John mentions it two more times, and we'll get to it. But the word anointing with I-N-G at the end is only 
used five times in the New Testament. So we don't have a lot of New Testament scriptures that talk about the anointing, but this passage, John speaks on it. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things, or your translation may say, and you all know. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either, and he who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as he has taught you, you will abide in him. So verse 20 and verse 27, John talks about the anointing. And he says that we have an anointing from the Holy One. I want to just take a few minutes to answer a couple questions like the following. Who is the Holy One? What anointing do we have from this Holy One? What anointing abides in us? What anointing teaches us? What anointing do we abide in? In other words, what is John talking about? Keep your finger in 1 John and go with me to Mark chapter 1, verse 21. We're going to answer the question, who is the Holy One? We're just going to do a little quick, good old-fashioned Bible study. Mark, we're going to let the Bible explain the Bible. Mark chapter 1, verse 21 Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. Verse 22, and they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are the Holy One of God. So based on what was just said, who is the Holy One that 1 John is talking about? Say just a little bit louder. Okay, are you sure? Okay, some of you still don't believe me. Go to John chapter 6, which is one more verse. You got to see it with your own eyes to believe it. Because we got to get this whole anointing thing right. John chapter 6, 
verse 66. Jesus in this chapter, he teaches a hard message, eat my flesh, drink my blood, loses many followers. The disciples are kind of like, what's going on? The ministry just got smaller. God must be angry with us. Verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. And Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ. A better rendition of that should say you are the Holy One of God. So we have in Mark chapter 1 and in John chapter 6, Jesus Christ, he is the Holy One that John is talking about in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. Would you concur? Okay, good. We're going somewhere. So go back to 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. You have an anointing from the Holy One. We have an anointing from Jesus. Okay, so what exactly is that anointing? He says this anointing teaches us and that this anointing abides in us. Well, if you put yourself in John's shoes, he spent time with Jesus and he also wrote the Gospel of John. So let's go to the Gospel of John and see what Jesus has to say about the person of the Holy Spirit. Go to John 14. We have to believe that John, what he's saying in 1 John, it all came from Jesus. It came from his time with Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 16. Okay, before we read this, I want to remind you, in 1 John, he says that this anointing abides in you and you will abide in it. Verse 16, he says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper or comforter, one who comes alongside, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and, you and will be in you. Do you hear similar language in this passage as we do in 1 John? Jesus says, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, he will abide with you forever. He will dwell with you and he will be in you. Is that not the same language in 1 John of this anointing is going to abide in you? Are you tracking with me? Similar language. John 14, very similar language to 1 John. Okay, flip your hand back to 1 John chapter 2. Keep your, keep your hand on John 14. Told you this is a good old-fashioned Bible study. Verse 27 says, But the anointing which you have received from him 
abides in you, okay, and you, don't, you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. Okay, so this anointing teaches you concerning all things. Go back to the Gospel of John and keep your hand in First John. And go to chapter 14, verse 26. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Is that not the same phrase in 1 John? 1 John, he says, you have this anointing, and this anointing will teach you concerning all things. And Jesus says, hey, the Holy Spirit... The spirit of truth, not only will he abide with you, but he will teach you. And he won't just teach you, he's going to teach you all things. So, is it very clear to us this morning that the anointing, however you want to take that term and whatever comes to mind and whatever your experience may be about the anointing, is it not very clear that the anointing is the Holy Spirit? Okay, I don't feel like I had a whole lot of agreement in that. Are we sure about that? The anointing is the Holy Spirit. So are you telling me the anointing is just not hype or good feelings or just an excited meeting or, man, they were really flowing in worship or, man, the preacher is really excited. He's sweating. He must have the anointing. Right? Don't you think that? Like the preacher who's really sweating and like all over the place, like brother's anointed, right? I mean, don't we think that? Okay, so the anointing is the Holy Spirit whom Jesus says is the spirit of truth. And go back to 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. He says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things, or you all know. Now, there is some controversy as far as what that phrase exactly says, whether it's you know all things or you all know. But I believe, nonetheless, it means that you all have the capacity to know the truth. That's what the implication is. And he says this, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. Why do you know the truth? Why is he saying, I don't write you because you don't know it. You know it. He's saying that because they have the Holy Spirit who is the spirit of truth. Okay, and so here's where I want to like get in there. And talk about the anointing. There's something about we see someone operating in gifts and we tend to think that gives them a license to do whatever they want when really John is saying the anointing is actually the spirit of truth. 
It's just not the gifting. If someone is truly under the anointing, truth is released. So, if someone is a highly gifted person, like Brother Joe, yet his teaching is not according to the truth, do you think the Holy Spirit is honored as the spirit of truth? No. He's not. Yet we have Matt over here, not highly gifted. He has some gifts, yet he speaks the truth to you and me. Do you think the Holy Spirit is honored as the spirit of truth? But for some reason, like, we're, we have, there's this battle. Is it the gifts or is it the word? Like, which one is it? You know what's so interesting? Jesus, in his ministry, like, he doesn't really talk about spiritual gifts. Like, how come there's no, te- like, Jesus, where, like, where do you go in and talk about spiritual gifts like Paul did? Why doesn't he do that? And even John. John, why didn't you do that? Yet the first thing John wants to tell us about the anointing, if you are truly anointed by God, you actually know the truth. You have been enabled. You have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to know the truth. And then in the latter verses, he says, so when someone comes to you and says that that Jesus is not the Christ, and he's not the only way to the Father, he's like, hello, you know the truth. It don't matter how gifted they are. Doesn't matter. You should not get care at all how gifted someone is if their doctrine and what they believe in the life they live, if it does not match up with the truth. Guys, the Holy Spirit is not honored. The Holy Spirit is not excited about that person. The Holy Spirit is not pleased. And we think, oh, man, Brandon's just like putting the word on that person. Like, man, that, Brandon's quenching the spirit. Too much word. <laughs> Brandon, you're believing the Bible like a little too strictly. Like, and I'm like, wait, wait, we're not supposed to pick one or the other. Jesus says the Holy Spirit, he's the spirit of truth. In other words, he's going to make you true. <laughs> and as he's making you true, you'll actually be like, oh, wow, this is this is true. Like, oh, this is it. Could it be at some level that the charismatic movement has dishonored the spirit of truth by reducing his ministry to a couple of spiritual gifts in a whimpering voice when in fact the Holy Spirit has been granted sole authority by Jesus and the Father to be the primary teacher of truth in the church. What if we had been given the anointing of the Holy Spirit for the high purpose and the high calling of knowing and loving God's truth first and then, everyone say, and then. The anointing of the Spirit is for doing the work of the ministry is a byproduct of that. 
when you rightly, when you rightly align your life up with the truth of God's word, which only the Holy Spirit can enable you to do that, the byproduct of that is you will actually walk in authentic gifting. So when you prophesy, you won't prophesy lies. When you have a word of wisdom, it won't be a lie. When you have a tongue and interpretation, it won't be false. Right? When, when you say someone's healed and they weren't healed, like, no. If you, if you walk in the Holy Spirit of truth, you don't have to fake about someone being healed. I, I mean, I know you see it. Someone, you know, some big known person knocks someone out in a wheelchair and, oh, they're healed. And I bet if we were to circle back around and ask that person, like, are you healed? They'd be like, no. Then, guys, if that's the case, we have to assume that Pastor so-and-so wasn't under the anointing. So, Question, if someone teaches something that is false, am I saying they, are, they don't have the Holy Spirit? I'm not saying that exactly. But what I am saying, if I get up here and I'm preaching something to you and it's clearly not true, but you still know me like I'm brand, you still know me. <clears throat> if I claim to be under the anointing and it's not true, I'm not under the anointing. Because if I'm under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he enables me, he empowers me to speak the truth. So if I'm up here saying some dumb stuff, there's two options. Either brain is in the flesh and he's in his carnal mind or he's under deception. Right? Because guess what, guys? I'm going to have some bad moments. I'm going to say some stuff that may be a little like, ah, brain is off on that. Doesn't mean I'm under full-blown deception. It could just mean Brandon was just in his carnal mind. He, he, Brandon wasn't under the anointing. Are you guys tracking with me? Because for some of you, this might be like, wait, I only thought the anointing had everything to do with like the gifts and like the flow of the service and like the the excitement in the preaching and the sweat on Brandon's forehead, which I never get. Like, I'm not anointed. I don't ever get that. <laughs> right? Like, I, I thought the anointing was, like, <clears throat> only for, like, the ministry time. It's only when the music is playing and then we have ministry time. That's when I can get into the anointing. Like, don't you think that as well or is that just me? But when we clearly read 1 John, he is saying the anointing that you have from God is the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, he told the disciples, he said when he comes, he's not going to be the sideshow. He's not going to be the whimpering voice that speaks here and there. No, he's going to be the teacher of the truth. So if anyone comes to you and they're not speaking the truth of the word and they claim they're under the anointing, they are not under the anointing. So can I 
put this out there to you. The first prerequisite to determine if someone is under the anointing. Truth. They have to be operating under truth. Right? We appreciate Joe, his gifting, right? But if he's saying multiple things, and I gave that example, I've noticed this. I kind of keep my eye on some people out there whom I just feel really suspicious. My spirit doesn't feel right about. And here's one of the things. I'm just going to put this out there. Take it or leave it. False teachers these days, a lot of the times when they teach, they teach on things that carry a little bit of mystery. Right? The power of God. The gifts of the Spirit, right? There's a little mystery. Like, how does the power of God work? Dreams, visions. It's like, how does all that there's a lot of different interpretations for that stuff. You can, it's a little hard sometimes to like figure out those things. We know the power of God is real. We know dreams are real. But for some reason, I have noticed those teachers and preachers who only, only, only talk about those things and they rarely ever, ever, rarely, ever, rarely, ever, rarely, ever, talk about sin and righteousness and a holy lifestyle, loving Jesus and your family with all your heart, soul, mind, they don't talk about those things. But they emphasize the supernatural stuff, and here's what they do. They get you to feel like you need them to unlock something in you. But wait, John says, you have the anointing. From the Holy One. You don't need someone to be constantly teaching again and again. No, no. The Holy Spirit, He is your teacher. Grow up. Spend time with Him. Let Him teach you. But no, you, you need pastor so-and-so. Lay hands on me. Give me the prophetic anointing. Give me all this stuff. Give me, give me. Anyone who makes you feel like you need them in order to like grow, you need me to grow in God's church. You need, okay, that's, that's got to be a red flag. Be like, I don't know about that. I mean, I get it, we need each other, like love, relationship, we need that. But to make you feel like I have something you don't, I'm telling you, First John, he would say like, what, guys, what are you talking about? What, what are you talking about? That guy has something you don't have. You got, you got an anointing too. The Holy Spirit. And to me, as I've been thinking about this phrase, rightly honoring the Holy Spirit in our midst, by no means are we trying to shut down spiritual gifts. No. What we're trying to do is come into right alignment with priorities, the priorities of the Holy Spirit. He is so much more interested in making you true than seeing you use your gift and fall away. But if he can anchor you in his truth, in the word, oh, he can do something with you.
Holy Spirit, we want to rightly honor you. You are the spirit of truth. I was, Jesus, he said this, and I was talking with Allison this week, like, Jesus tells the disciples, he's like, there's many more things I want to tell you. He's like, but I can't tell you now. He says, you can't, the phrase he says, he says, you can't bear them now. In other words, you can't hear them. You can't understand it nor receive it. And I've I've read that, and I've just, this week, I've just been really, been sober about, Lord, is there something you want to speak to me, but for some reason, I literally cannot hear it. Think about that. Jesus says, he's like, I want to tell you, but you, you can't bear it. You can't hear it. He's like, if I were to tell you now, it's like me trying to explain to a two-year-old about death. They're like, what? They would not hear what I'm saying. And it got me thinking, like, what are areas in our lives where the Holy Spirit does not have permission to speak? Give you an example of myself here. So I, I had sensed the call of God on my life after I had gotten saved. <clears throat> and I spent time with the Lord. I had a prayer closet. I would get in there and pray. And I'm seeking God. And I really, I really felt like the Lord was about to open up a door for ministry for me. And some of you know this. Will Williams, God forbid, Will Williams, (laughs) Will Williams, he comes to me and gives me a word, and he had no idea. I'm at the, I responded to an altar call, and he's like, I hear the Lord saying, no, not yet. And, y'all, I was shook. I was stunned. I was offended. I was like, I was hurt by that. Something in me knew that it was true. But here's a thought I had. Because of my inability or even unwillingness to hear from God in my own prayer closet, he had to bring me out in public and say, hey, Will, since you'll listen to me, go tell him he's not ready. (laughs) You know, I've thought about that. I'm like, God could have never told me that personally. I wouldn't. If I were in a prayer closet seeking God, God, I, I sense you're going to open up that door. And the whole time God is saying like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And I'm like, God, I just feel it. I see it. I see it. And he's like, no, son, you're wrong. You're wrong. And I'm like, no, no. I, oh, Lord, I feel the Lord. Oh, I feel the anointing. I'm sweating in the prayer closet. Like, well, you know, the worship's flowing in the background. I'm doing all that stuff, and the whole time, God is saying, no. That's a perfect example of Jesus saying, hey, son, hey, daughter, oh, I love you. And there's so many things I want to tell you, but if I'm being honest, you won't hear me. You're not ready for that. And for some of you, it's not even a word of rebuke. For some of you, I really believe this. The Father, he's just trying to tell you that he loves you. He's like, I love you. And for some reason, like, you don't want to receive it. Like, you, you don't want to hear that. You want to hear, like, about something else. 
about the end times or something that's, you know, godly. You want to hear about other good stuff, biblical stuff. But he's like, hey, um, I just want you to know I really love you. I want my love to grow deep in your heart. I want you to be rooted and grounded in the love that is found in Christ Jesus. So what if the things the Holy Spirit wants to tell us, what if it's not some big rebuke and you just, you know, you're horrible? No, no, no. What if it's like his tender mercies he wants to reveal to us? But we're like out of alignment. But for some other ones of us, it may be more direct. It may be really hard to hear. I was thinking about like, okay, geez, I can't hear, I can't bear what you want to say. It's almost like, you ever been in a conversation with someone and they're like really confusing you? And you're like, you're thinking like, what are they saying? Like, I don't know what they're saying. <clears throat> you notice how you put the emphasis on what they're saying and not on your ability to hear? Because what if you're not hearing right? Like for real, what if they are not confusing at all, but what if it's, your inability or unwillingness to hear what they're saying. I mean, hello, marriage. <clears throat> Another example of me. I remember one time we were talking about whatever. We're talking about like our strengths and our weaknesses one time. <clears throat> I think it was just our strengths, and then she came at me about my weakness. <laughs> if I remember that correctly... Wait, 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 I might be lying. Spirit of truth or anointing, come. Anointing, come. Don't leave me. But she said, yeah, Brandon, um, you, you, you could be really stubborn. And I was like, what? Excuse me? You're talking about humble Brandon here? Like, but you know what it was that really got, like, it was, it, that was true. But I will tell you, I did not want to hear that. Something in me was like, no, reject it. It's not true. It's not true. Never. But thank God, I have been anointed with the spirit of truth to help me to receive truth. This is why Jesus doesn't only call him the, the spirit of truth. He calls him the helper, the comforter. In other words, the Holy Spirit He's just not about slapping your face with hard truth. No, he wants to help you receive it. And he does, he will comfort you once you receive it. Because it's going to be hard. But he will comfort you. He's the comfort, he's the help. So he wants to take the fullness of God's word and he sees his church and he just wants, okay church, open up, let's go, come on. Just receive the word. Mm, good. And then we're like a baby sometimes, right? We just spit it out and we're just uh, in the high chair, you know, food's everywhere. And he's like, okay, I'll clean it up. And here, take the word again. Let's... So, question. How do you know Someone is under the anointing. Before you answer, think about it. Where's Joe? Come here. Matt, come here. Okay. 
We got to, I'm telling you, we're going to nail this one home. We have to make sure we, how do we know which one is operating under the anointing? And I get there's probably other questions of like, how does, you know, they treat their family. There's all these little intricacies that go into, go into it. But just based off this example for the sake of the example, how do we know which one, which person is actually under the anointing? If you think it's Joe, raise your hand. <clears throat> oh. Love got the best of her. How many of you would say Matt? But, 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 oh, Joe. Oh, spirit of truth, yes. <clears throat> but, but church, hey, can we wake up? How, at first, was it not like kind of tempting at first when I had this example of like, man, Joe, he's kind of anointed, you know what I'm saying? Like, he told me my, my, my address. He told me something that like no one else knows. It, he must be anointed. He, like, he, he has to be. There's no way he's not. And then you're, and you're, like, you're like, yeah, man, I appreciate him, man. <laughs> like, I just appreciate him. Like, you didn't think like, Oh my goodness, he, he tells you to go home, love your wife and children. Oh my goodness, he tells you to mind your own business, work with, he's telling you the word of God. For some reason, we don't associate that with the anointing. And once again, 1 John, he says, you have an anointing from the Holy One. And because of that, you know the truth. In other words, a byproduct of the spirit of truth in your life is that you know the truth. You walk it out. You speak it. You think it. You do it. You are a true person. You're real. And because of that, one step forward, God can use you. The gifts are going to flourish in your life. God's going to pour grace, and he's going to use you mightily. Absolutely. But guys, we have to get this right. All of this stuff about the anointing, this, the, okay, this might be a little rabbit trail. Why are there so many teachings about the anointing of some Old Testament person? The anointing of David, the anointing of Deborah, the anointing of this and that. If I'm being honest, like, what are we talking about? We have a greater anointing. The Holy Spirit. So why would I want David or someone else's anointing? Like, unless what we're, you're saying is that they have the anointing of God. Like, David's anointing is the Holy Spirit anointing. I have the Holy Spirit anointing. Okay, I can, I, can, I can work with that. But to think of like, oh, I need to be more like David. Oh, I need to be more like David. I'm going to tell you, no, no, be more like Christ. Be more like Christ. The Holy Spirit, he's so in the business of conforming you into the image of Jesus, not someone else. I, I, this is one person, I'm not going to say it because I don't know the person, but literally this, this lady had wrote like several books all about the anointing of some Old Testament person, and there was not one book about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that she's a false teacher or whatever, but to me, that should be highly concerning. You're telling me some character under the Old Covenant who does not have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, 
I want that person's anointing. Is there not a greater promise? Is there, is there not a new covenant? Christ in you. But for some reason, like we, we honestly, we teeter-totter with this. And I believe the context of 1 John, he's talking about the anointing, he's saying that, he says we're in the last days. You got to stop playing games. There's, there's no more of, yeah, you're gifted, but your doctrine is bad. John's saying no more of that. In the last days, you can't put up with both ends. It's one or the other. I believe the Lord is calling his church to what John is talking about. Chapter 2, the anointing of the Holy Spirit in these last days. And the primary purpose of the Holy Spirit, primary purpose, is for him to help you to receive it, to receive the truth, and to walk in the truth. What's secondary is spiritual gifts. It's great. I'm not having you pick one or the other. This is a, this is a matter of priority. And right now, we're double-minded. Like, how long are we going to do this? We have to draw a line in the sand and say, okay, if you are saying you're under the anointing, if you are saying, Joe, you're under the anointing, not only will you exercise spiritual gifts, praise God for that, but your doctrine, your teachings, all the teachings you posted on you know, YouTube, those will be in accordance with the truth. Now, yeah, you'll have maybe a couple things that are a little out there. That's okay. We were, but nonetheless, you will not only speak the truth, you will actually walk in it. And so if, to do that, like you, it's on this side, okay, because right now, you're not under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You're under some other anointing. It's not God. Okay, so Joe, if you want to come on this side, then you need to receive the Holy Spirit of truth. Okay? So. Okay, so now we can have fellowship with Brother Joe. Thank you, guys. First Timothy, I'm just going to read this. First Timothy chapter 6, you can write it down, verses 3 through 5. Summarize it. Paul says this, if anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ into the doctrine which accords with godliness, from such withdraw yourself. Would it not honor the Holy Spirit for us to do that verse? If someone's doctrine does not line up with the Bible, withdraw yourself. Cut the ties. Quit thinking you need that teaching. You need that anointing. No. If it doesn't accord with the Bible, stop watching them. Cut the YouTube stuff off. Because we're in a day and hour where you need to know. 
You can't be like, oh, I think they're okay. No, no, you need to know. First John, this is second John. He says, whoever goes ahead and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him. And I'm sure for John, these guys were really smooth talkers. They're probably gifted people. But John's like, nope, we're drawing a line to sand. If the doctrine is not according to Christ, then you can be sure the Holy Spirit is not honored. He's not pleased. He's not in that stuff. And if we want to be a community that rightly honors the Holy Spirit in our midst, we can't first just think about gifts. We'll do that, okay? We're getting there. But we have to see him. He is the spirit of truth. He is trying to get every lie that you believe or every lie that you say out loud. He's trying to take that, get it out of you, and make you true. Make you look like Jesus. That is pleasing to the Lord. That honors the Holy Spirit. Goes me to Proverbs 2. Here we'll end here. So this calls for us to begin to ask the Holy Spirit to come as the Spirit of truth and to teach us. To start thinking about Jesus, you said it was better that you go because the Holy Spirit would come and teach us truth. And I believe the Holy Spirit, he wants to do that. He wants to speak to you and me about some things, but we have to begin to prepare ourselves. Because he may have some hard truths or he may have some tender truths to speak to you. But Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 8, or 1 through 6, it says, My son... If you receive my words, guys, hear this as the Holy Spirit. He is the voice of wisdom pleading out to you. If you receive my words, if, and if you treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver, Search for her as for hidden treasures. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and you'll find the knowledge of God for the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. If we want the Holy Spirit to be the primary teacher of us corporately and individually, then we need to prepare our hearts to meet with him and to hear from him. Because I feel like there's something in us, it's like we can't hear. And I'm talking about myself too. I was, I felt really sober this past weekend, like, man, Lord, I need to make sure I'm hearing rightly. So I'm going to ask you, Lord, I invite your words, I invite you to speak to me, like, Another example that just came to mind, I remember I was dating a girl, and 
it was like, God forbid the Lord ever tell me to break up with her. It was like, God can't do that because that's my choice. Thank God he finally broke in and told me the truth because I would have missed out on that hot thing right there. (laughs) I just ruined the moment. It felt kind of weighty in here for a moment. Now it's uh, the anointing. That was the the truth. Now I'm under the anointing. (laughs) Are you guys tracking with me, though? We have an anointing from the Holy One. His name is Holy Spirit. And we can know the truth. And to know the truth means to know Jesus. And to know Jesus is to have eternal life. Could you guys stand with me? Before I made that joke, I was going to make an altar call. It felt heavy and tense in here and I, I broke it. No, I I want us just to take a moment, just ask the Holy Spirit, like, forgive me, Holy Spirit, if I've not been allowing you to teach me. Maybe for some of you, he wants to teach you about the gifts of the Spirit. It's whatever he wants to teach you. Like, we have to be open to him. So just take a moment to do that, and I'll pray, and we'll dismiss. Holy Spirit, we we need you. I pray you would help us to see you as the glorious teacher of the church. That your church is the pillar and the foundation of the truth and that's because you are in her midst. Spirit, we see you as the anointing from Jesus. That you have been sent from the Father to live on the inside of us and to work through us. And we open our hearts to you. We want to receive your words and we want to receive the fullness of what you have for us. For your church. We want to see, Lord, your church walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, God, that that means truth being spoken and truth being believed upon and truth being manifested and walked out.
Lord, it's, we know the verse, God, that your anointing breaks the yoke. But Lord, you also say it's the truth that sets us free. Lord, your truth is the true anointing of the church. Would you smear over your church the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, that we would be a people of truth, of uprightness, and that we would receive the hard truths and the tender truths. I thank you that you are the comforter, that you are the helper, that you will help us in these things. I pray that you would help us to hold the line of truth in this hour that we need a true anointing of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus. And Father, I pray your blessing over those who belong to you, those in this room who are your sons and daughters. God, I pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon them. Would you renew their minds? Would you purify their hearts? Would you root and ground them in the love that is in Christ Jesus? I pray your sons and daughters would shine brightly because the truth is radiating in them and through them. I pray that you would give them ears to hear what you are saying to your church. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you all. Bless you.